0: Sox are actually winning, so we're going to podcast. It was a little bit of a hiase for us, uh, you know, bad baseball. We were we were racking our brains what the podcast's about, um, but listen, we're not going to say it. Jared Carabas has told us not to say it. The Red Sox, they're playing great. That's all we're, we're going to say. Nine wins in the last 12 games, Spencer. Uh, an awesome weekend sweep over the Seattle Mariners. Uh, we're recording this May 24th, seven thirteen, about an hour away from taking on the White Sox. How's the mood changed? I feel like, you know, if I'd asked you two weeks ago how we felt about the Boston Red Sox compared to where we're at right now, how are we feeling?
1: Yeah, it's taken an absolute 180, dude. Um, so, yeah, for those listening, um, I am currently dying um, of COVID, and so that's why my voice sounds different. This may be my last recorded words, so... Um, you should listen for that if, if for no other reason. Um, (laughs) anyway, aside from me dying, the Red Sox are not dying. They were dying, but they're, they're good now. Hopefully I can follow their lead. And, um, yeah, I mean, they, they had that, uh, double header kind of thing, the two games with the Braves. And so they won the first game we were like, okay. And then they lost the second game in typical Red Sox collapse fashion. Um, so that didn't change anything. And then we won a series against the Rangers. And it was like, okay, cool. It's, it's the Rangers. And then we beat the Astros. And that was like, okay, we actually did something here. Like, you know, it sucked seeing Nate get fucking pummeled. Um, but other than that, it was a pretty great series. And then they just took that momentum and ran with it this weekend against the Mariners. I mean, how often do you get a four-game sweep? You posted it. It, it, it didn't happen since 1991, yeah. right? Yeah, Mariners. That was it. Mm-hmm. There we go. So morale is high. Season redeemed. Uh, World Series back on.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, like it. So it's interesting. Uh, MLB.com put out an article today about you know teams that are better and worse than their record. Um, the Red Sox did not make that list, but it, it is you know worth mentioning and bearing that we are so early in the season that yeah. you know those early season struggles it's it, that's why there's 162 games you're you're trying to see how the team adjusts what they're doing to you know change their game and for the boston red sox you know one you were waiting to see some of those bats heat up trevor story our american league player of the week obviously finally you know hit that it can we can we just say it like i just have to go say it all the all the trevor story haters like i hope you just go away
1: and just wait Do people still hate trevor story
0: no, like after they're, this? They're all, the, no. all the people that were anti-Trevor story have gone into hiding. Yeah,
1: they've naturally, they've,
0: you know. Yeah, I mean, and I was just, just the, like
1: confused. I would say, you know, for that time that yeah. he was struggling, um, yeah, and he was like striking out a lot, and it was it was pretty ugly. And I was wondering, basically, my thought was his elbow is still injured, like from last yeah. year, and so clearly that's not the case. I think him, like, you wouldn't think it's that big of a deal going from shortstop to second base, but clearly it was for him. And, yeah. you know, Stats had that tweet that he's, you know, like the best second baseman in baseball in May or something like that. So here, like now it, that he's right got here. that, huh?
0: Yeah. I said, I have it right here. Trevor Story has figured out playing second base. In May, he's a leader among second basemen and outs above average at plus three, runs prevented at plus three, and success rate at 92%. Yeah,
1: that's crazy. I mean, you don't, you don't really want to buy too much into small sample defensive stats, but... You know, plus three is pretty significant for those numbers. And so, yeah, I yeah. feel like for his mental game, having second base kind of, like, locked down now, he can, you know, focus on hitting and, and just be more comfortable overall.
0: Yeah, and, you know, it's interesting because I saw this on Twitter, too. I forget who pointed it out. I'd love to give credit where credit's due. But um, it was someone was talking about um, before um, Eugenio Suarez hit that game-time home run on Sunday in the ninth. Trevor Story made that really great play on a bat. It was, you know, got a funky hop, and he ended up catching it on his shoulder, making the play. And the point was, is you know, if he doesn't make that play, and Suarez homers in the next AB, that game's over. The Red Sox lose. Yeah, it's just you know, obviously, you know, you can't say one necessarily leads to the other, but plays like that are big. I mean, we've seen plays like that cost the Red Sox. We saw it against Tampa Bay when they were getting no hit, and then you know they go back and they take the lead, and there's the error where Bobby gets off the bag at the end of the game, and the Rays end up walking it off.
1: Yeah, we saw it a bunch of times.
0: We did. And so, you know, stuff like that, the defense getting back. You're seeing guys beyond the, you know, J.D., Devers, Bogart stepping up. I mean, fucking Christian Arroyo on Sunday. He literally, about four minutes before first pitch, he figured out he was going to be in the game that J.D. Martinez was not going to be playing. And he goes up and smacks a fucking home run. his first of the year, crushes it over the monster. And it's just like, yeah, we need more stuff like that. We need guys like that. Uh, You know, fucking Francisco. I love that. That's that's probably I I am just like all on Franchi walk watch right now because I just think like there's so much that he can do.
1: Yeah, I mean, well, so for Christian Arroyo, um, I feel like he's still going to be off the roster in a couple months. That
0: Absolutely. his uh,
1: his yeah. batting line is is just downright ugly. Yeah. Um. But yeah, Franchi. Like, okay, all we needed from a backup first base outfield type like Franchi. Is just to be average like when you're filling in for someone like verdugo or jackie or you know whoever's playing first base all we need you to do is be average and so far he's been pretty much exactly average and like bob has been awful um I, i don't know how he's still on the team at the moment uh and then travis shaw is just brutal so you know we needed someone to just kind of fill this role we don't need him to do anything special Um, and so far, you know, he's done that. I mean, special is, you know, hitting a walk-off grand slam. That's pretty great.
0: Yeah. You know, I, I I do. I want to, I want to take a moment and just for, for, you know, the casual fan that maybe doesn't know Franchi Cordero's story. It's just, you know, it's interesting because he's a guy who really, you know, since 2017 when he was a top ranked prospect in the Padres system, the bar was high for him, made his debut in 18. Uh, hit the longest home run in the stack cast era for the Padres. That record still stands, by the way, because the ball went 489 feet. I mean, just that. I mean, you see a guy like that hit a ball like that, and you're like, holy shit, like we're onto something here.
1: Ended yeah, up hitting six, six home like runs. Granchy.
0: No, unbelievable. And, and so, you know, you want to see more of that. I mean, the dude, it sucks because, like, dude, in his first month, hit six home runs and then has to have season ending elbow surgery. Misses the rest of 2018. Ends up playing nine major league games in 2019. So it's like this once promising start ends up kind of going nowhere for nothing, ends up going to Kansas City where he spends, uh, he plays about 16 games in a shortened 2020 season for Kansas City where he's in Boston with the Benintendi trade, uh, which, you know, again, a trade that at the time wasn't necessarily heralded by Red Sox fans, you know, the, but you look at you know you can potentially get a guy productive out of Franchi, but then you also got Josh Winkowski out of that trade, a guy yeah. who we expect to hopefully see at some point. He got roughed up in his last start, but overall he's been great. Um, and then he got Franchi got DFA'd by Boston day before they got bounced in the ALCS last year. Nobody wanted the guy. T- twenty nine teams had a chance to grab him, not a single one because he was I mean, hit 189, in one eighty nine one home run in forty eight games for the Sox in twenty twenty one. Came back non-roster invite. Everyone said was in better shape. Looked like he, you know, brought something different. Um, and I'm hoping I'm hoping Sunday was his coming out party. Not only did he have the walk out walk off grand slam, but he had five hard hit balls in that game. He was crushing it. Yeah. Uh, it's, he's got a 202 BABIP right now, which indicates to me, you know, some bad luck. You're gonna start seeing some of those go his way. Absolutely. Um, batting seventh in the lineup tonight behind uh, Story and Verdugo. So Verdugo's back for those concerned about his illness, another guy that we probably need to see uh improve, but Franchine in the lineup. That's my guy to watch right now, because I mean, you got to think if you can get him and if he can, you know, just provide power. I mean, look, listen, I don't care if he's a two-fifteen hitter, if he's going to give you, you know, 20, 25 home runs, if he can give you that power boost, those key hits in a big moment, that'd be great. And that lineup. Awesome.
1: Yeah. If he's maintaining a WRC plus over a hundred, That's fine. I don't care how high it gets, like over 100 is all we're asking for there, especially after we've had Bob and Jackie just, you know, being pretty off. I mean, Jackie's, you know, had some some good appearances at home. He's been batting well at home, but, you know, on the road, it's pretty ugly. But, you know, like you said, with the hard hit balls, all of the outside, you know, peripheral stats for Franchi look really good and look like this is legit and not just like some random hot streak. Um, so, you know, that's encouraging and it at least keeps the seat warm for Tristan Cassis, you know, hopefully some point this season.
0: Yeah. Um, I don't know if you saw, he went on the seven day aisle today.
1: I did. All you know, right.
0: Yeah. It's tough. Him, uh, you know, mayor going back and getting looked at for his wrist injury. But again, you know, these are all, Rets, uh, I, you know, it's interesting. Um, and I want to touch more on this later as we get towards the end of the podcast, but I, I love the way the Red Sox are developing players. There's a quote from uh, Lance Carter, the pitching coach in AA Portland, who said, You know, there's this New England narrative that the Red Sox can't develop pitching. And he's like, I'm telling you right now that by the end of this year, that narrative is going to be out the window.
1: Yeah. But and, like, that narrative isn't wrong, you know, at this no. point. You know, we I mean, developed exactly. what, I mean, like, Lester and Buckholes, and that was it for a really long time.
0: And um, you got to think, I mean, we Buckholz kind was of fine. developed
1: Erod you know even yeah. though he, we mm-hmm. traded for him that was kind yeah. of our development and then other than that you know you bring in guys like Evaldi and Sale and Nick Pavetta yeah. and uh, I mean like we made Nick Pavetta better so that's you know something but we didn't draft him it wasn't like didn't a minor develop league development
0: he yeah. didn't get to the pros through our system
1: right that and you would think program. like with Haim installing his guys that that's something that you know they would improve on. You know he came from yeah. the Rays, who are a pitching machine. You know they just yeah. churn out pitchers every year that you've never heard of that are really good. So you hope that that's something Heim could bring. That's you know one of the reasons he was hired.
0: Yeah, and I mean it looks like it. I mean you know I was looking at uh, uh, Brian Bellow, Brian Bellow. I don't know how you say it.
1: Who knows? I think it's Brian.
0: I think it's Brian Bellow. I feel like I should have looked that up before I did this, but I didn't. Uh, threw so, a no hitter on May fifth. Missed that when that happened. Um, And made his first start in AAA this week, or this past week. Um, Fanned what? I think it was. I have it right here. Yeah. Ten batters in six innings. AAA debut. AAA debut. Great.
1: Fucking take that. So
0: he, and they just put out MLB.com just updated their top 100 prospects list. Bellows up to number 84 on that list.
1: Yeah. He's a guy. He kind of came out of nowhere last year to be even on Mm -hmm. the red sox list um and so now like you know you hope that he takes that even a step further and it looks like he has so it's kind of a bonus you know we weren't looking at this guy for the last year as being like a key cog in the in the development system so that's huge to have somebody like that just kind of come out of nowhere
0: by the way i looked it up it is brian
1: okay perfect so i would hate saying brian that would i would hate that
0: Yep, um, yeah. It's like I think it's actually Marcelo um, Meyer, not Mayer. I think yeah. that was they went back because forever when they first started talking about him, it was it was Mayer. And he's like, no, it's literally just Meyer, like how you would say it, like Myers. And it's like, oh, all right. There you cool. go. <laughs> so, but moving on, I feel like we haven't given enough love to our American League Player of the Week, Trevor Story. We talked about his defense, but i gotta, I got to run the numbers. I, I, I just, I right have on. to talk about it. 12, 12 games. Last 12 games. All right, so we're going a little bit further than American League Player of the Week, just to give you more of a sample size here. 296 average, 7 home runs, 19 RBI, and 1173 OPS, a 207 BABIP, which I found interesting. I mean, that balls are leaving the yard. And, uh, 0.64 win probability added. So he's almost added a full win. Um, and four stolen bases to go on with it. Fucking great 12 games after, you know, a subpar below the Mendoza line start to his Boston Red Sox career. Um, This weekend was like the, holy shit, remember, Trevor Story is actually really fucking good. Um, And it's interesting because the other thing that I feel like is kind of ignored is, you know, everyone everyone in Boston at least was harping on how bad Trevor Story had been. But the start of, uh, like, Javi Baez and Carlos Correa have. Most of the, the
1: free agents, you know, the big free agents yeah. from this past season have started off really rough, at least from a batting perspective. <laughs> yeah, um, and it makes sense, especially in the case of Trevor Story. You know, he, we've talked about everything that he dealt with getting into camp late and stuff like that, and the transition to second base. Um, so I feel like, and I was we were talking about this earlier. I was feeling like his elbow was a problem still when he wasn't hitting well and so if you assume that to be true when he wasn't hitting well then you have devers jd and xander playing well and that's it you know verdugo had good expected stats but it just wasn't it still isn't happening and you would think that it will but at some point you just have to accept what it's been and so if you if you think that you're not going to get anything from Verdugo and Trevor Story and Kike, who you know had some really hot stretches last year, but his career, he's always just been a utility backup player. He hasn't been a star leadoff hitter. That's not what yeah. his career has been. So if you kind of expect regression from Kike and Story and you expect Verdugo to not take that next step, you kind of go like, where's the offense supposed to come from this year? Like, do we really just suck this much? Is this what this team is? And having Trevor Story go on this run has been so encouraging to have somebody else who can take the pressure off of J.D. Zander endeavors and, you know, put the offense on his back some nights and give you confidence that this offense can be really good and one of the top ones in the AL the rest of the the season.
0: Yeah. And like you sent me the tweet from Bill James at one point that was just like, I'm running out of like ways to convince myself that the Red Sox are actually a good baseball team because, again we just kept telling ourselves small sample size and things will turn around and like things weren't turning around and like eventually still you got to face
1: reality, it. you know?
0: I mean, listen, after, after the game tying home run in the bottom of the ninth on, uh, or on the top of the ninth on Sunday, I'm sitting there going, Oh shit. Like we're still the fucking Boston Red Sox. And obviously, yep. you know, issue they still have to address, but like you were saying, you know, what you told me, which is true. Bullpen's the easiest thing to fix at the trade deadline. If you need to go yep. get a guy, go get a guy. And and the Red Sox do have a system. As much as they probably don't want to dip into that deep system, they do have guys that they can potentially move. I mean, like look at what, how they got Schwarber last year. They gave up a nobody right. to go just get a guy on a rental.
1: And it's also the easiest place to have someone develop internally, um, yeah. whether that's from AAA or that's a guy that's struggling right now but figures it out midseason. I mean, you go back to 2018 when – Everybody was like, "Okay, this team's amazing, but their bullpen kind of sucks." So when they get to the postseason, how's that going to play? And you get Joe Kelly and Heath Hembry and Brazier, who at that point like hadn't even really pitched that much in the majors, and all three of them figured it out, you know, down the stretch and into the playoffs. So, um, you know, that's the one area that you know it sucks when you're blowing leads and and you have these brutal losses, but you know, down the road that's the the area you can have the most confidence that it'll change.
0: Yeah. No. Um, it's funny. I was, I was watching uh, the brewers and the Padres last night and I was just thinking about like how fucking nice it must be to have, you know, Josh Hader, And then, you know, if you don't have Josh Hader, you can be like, Oh, I guess we'll put Devin Williams into close tonight.
1: He's been rough though this year. Have you seen his walk rate? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's a little insane. Um, yeah, They're talking about him on effectively wild, basically saying like, "How can how high can your walk rate go, and you can still be like put into high leverage situations?" And basically, yeah. they were saying like, "He's he's about at that highest point that you could possibly take it to."
0: Yeah, because you're you're putting yourself in jams, which you know again, a, a reliever's job is typically to get you out of said jams. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's the tricky part. So that's what's tough. But again, that's the nice thing about the brewers is they have so much pitching that they just yeah i mean their problem is well we're
1: Freddie peralta by the way yeah this them. is our brewery yeah. segment um, for all the brewers fans out there
0: sponsored by uh, miller light former yep. you know miller park there we go we're, we're <laughs> out there working for a sponsorship that's what it is um okay brewer's segment over spencer
1: <laughs> moving on
0: something other very something else very important that i feel like we need to discuss obviously Every time that Xander Bogarts and Raphael Devers do something good, which has been often this season, you see the flow of tweets. You know, resign him, sign him, sign Bogarts, sign Devers. Well, David Ortiz got into the discussion the other day, um, and it was uh, reported by um, Chris Catillo um, of the Mexican, that,
1: Mexican Times.
0: Uh, of the Mexican Times, that David Ortiz said, "quote It would be stupid to let that guy go." Now, obviously, David Ortiz is saying what we've all been thinking this mm. entire time—that it would be fucking stupid to let this guy go.
1: Yeah. But plus, they're boys, so.
0: Yeah, absolutely. But I do think it's important that you have guys like—I think it's, i just think it's interesting that you have guys like Ortiz, who obviously has lots of ties still to it the Red Sox. It is interesting.
1: Because so- he, yeah, he's employed by them. Yeah. And they exactly. also like so- saved his life, so you know, there's that too.
0: Also true, also true, can't can't forget, that's that's important Um, (laughs) But yeah, I just, you know, we're obviously in May And there's still a lot of season left to go And a lot of time before this becomes a really like, you know, urgent discussion Between both him and Devers But I'm just interested to see how it's going to unfold, right? Because first you have guys like David Ortiz coming out and saying stuff like that Um, You know how how long before you know it's just interesting because like I don't know we obviously don't know what the internal conversations are if there are any at this point in the season I would say typically not you don't typically you know typically the season hits and you're kind of like let's just play you know And Bogart's seeming to play out of his mind I mean between him JD and Devers you have three of the best hitters in baseball and obviously you know to the fucking chick that you know (laughs) retweeted
1: Steve Perrault and was like
0: oh you're getting excited about batting average like it's like well
1: when your batting average you know, is top five in baseball fuck yeah i'm getting excited about it
0: well uh what was it um fucking raphael devers right now is on pace for 226 hits that's insane. that's, that's each i row. love
1: his ops that's like close to a thousand and yeah. but he doesn't walk at all no his
0: OPP is like yeah you're just like oh what it's is just it right
1: now? like his his average and then his OBP is right above his yeah. average he's it's just, great because
0: he's just I was going to say, like, cause he's and like... I was kind of problem. upset about
1: it earlier in the season because yeah. I was like, bro, take a couple pitches. Um, yeah. But, fuck, it's working for him. So, who gets a shit, I guess? Say, yeah.
0: 9.59 OPS. Yeah, he's got a 3.35 average and an OBP of 3.65. He's walked That's hilarious.
1: Times. Oh, my God. That's classic Devers. I have him I wanna... in uh, out of the park, and that's basically the stats he puts up in out of the park. Like, they have that pretty yeah, accurate. There's... Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, listen, this is technically a career-low walk percentage, 4.5%, but, like, yeah. in his career, he has a career average of a 7.4 walk percent, so it's not like it's, you know, out of the realm of what we typically expect from Devers.
1: Yeah, it's it's par for the course for that guy. Yeah. But we love it. So,
0: oh, dude, I mean, listen, as long as—it's just—it's uh, fun. Uh, it's just always fucking fun to watch Rafael Devers— uh, I liked when, uh, was it an extra innings? Yeah, it was. When they intentionally walked him. He looked so mad.
1: Oh, when was this? What game was this?
0: Uh, This was on Sunday. Oh, really? Yeah, this was they intentionally walked him. Oh, yeah, yeah,
1: Before Franchi hit the bomb, yeah.
0: Yeah, and it was so funny because, like, Euclid said it best. It's it's like a kid when you tell him he can't play with his toys anymore. (laughs) And I'm just like, I love it, man.
1: Well, he is 12, so.
0: He is 12, so. And that's, and that's why we love him. And we'll see what he's going to do. We're, what? We're, we're 30 minutes from first pitch, which is great. We'll finish this podcast, and then I can go watch the Red Sox and you can continue to uh, recover from your ailment.
1: Yep, I'm going to watch the Red Sox and pass the fuck out.
0: It's going to be great. I uh, <laughs> We root for your speedy recovery. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: so, um, obviously this stretch of games is important. The Red Sox have won nine of their last 12, five in a row. Longest active winning streak in baseball, no big deal. Um, but this upcoming stretch of games, you have three games against the White Sox, who have been a middle-of-the-road team this year. Um, going this series, still in front of us Robert,
1: in the wild-card race. Yep, so.
0: in front of us in the wild-card race. And then you get five games at home against the Baltimore Orioles. That's Followed insane. by two games.
1: That's like the schedule like, gods being like, "Hey, you want five free wins? Here you go. You want to be above five hundred? This is how. This is your chance." And then we get the fucking Reds after that. The Reds. Like, it's, it's the best seven of- game stretch of all time.
0: Yeah. And all at home. Like that's the even best part. Is like, it's and like and watch like, us oh, now go like-
1: three and four, and we'll hate ourselves.
0: <laughs> well, I was gonna say, so like the end of that stretch is three games in Oakland, and that's where it's like, ah, oh, fuck the Red. Like whenever the Red Sox go to the West Coast, it just sucks. it's weird. It's never- they just
1: weird things happen to them on the West Coast. I hate it.
0: Yeah not good so that brings How are we to, only you know, two and a
1: half games out of a wild card spot that blows know, my mind
0: i know it's just like uh, like the blue jays
1: I, are not that good
0: no the, I, I you know i hate to say it but like right now uh scott's predictions are looking accurate from the beginning of the year no
1: don't don't fucking say that don't don't, don't <laughs> give him any credit
0: uh i like i i looked at the standings the other night and i'm like what the fuck i mean granted don't forget that the yankees dropped the doubleheader to, uh,
1: to the White Sox, White Sox
0: and then lost to the Orioles um, That's after Garrett Cole got blown up. I love to see it.
1: Wait, did Garrett Cole get blown up yesterday? Against the Orioles. But he still got me 40 points in DFS. He
0: had 11 strikeouts, but he gave up oh, four runs. there you go. You got to target um, the strikeouts. That's what I'm learning. Fun fact. No one in the history of baseball has had a pitching line, the exact line that... Garrett Cole had with the number of strikeouts, earned runs, hits allowed.
1: Damn. I hate to see it. Um, yeah. You just, Wait, um, eight innings I, and five earned runs?
0: They just left him in.
1: That's weird.
0: Yeah.
1: Huh. Well, I, I guess it kind of worked out for them. I mean, they didn't win, but they got closer.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I think you were probably like, I don't know what their bullpen situation looked like at that point, but um, I love the Yankees fans, by the way are, wild, you know, they've been having a great year so far, and they're still bitter. They're still bitter people about, like, <laughs> they'll be like, I'm so fed up with fucking Chapman. I'm like, bro, you've lost, like, 11 games.
1: Yeah, they like, are always are bitter. About? It's pretty great. It's
0: incredible. They've but, yeah, they, they wouldn't
1: the fucking football lose football. for a while there. Pretty annoying. Yeah,
0: that was annoying. So, now it's our turn.
1: Their bullpen isn't um, great, though, so far. No. Like, Loisica and has Chad struggled. So. And Lucas Litke, fuck that guy. He came out of nowhere last year, and now he sucks. So, oh, yeah. Thank God.
0: <laughs> I, that's the, the, I mean, that's the tricky thing with relievers, right? So like there's, there was the whole crowd, obviously when Trevor Story was bad that everyone was like, Oh, we should have taken that money and put it in relievers. And it's like at the point that they could have done that, like there were no relievers worth dropping big money. True. On. Yeah. Like I would have loved if they went market. Yeah. There was a Glacius. I think that was the only one that I really would have like loved to have.
1: Yeah. And uh, Kenley Jansen. Yeah. But, yeah, other so, than that, not, like, anybody who's going to come in and save the day.
0: Yeah, and I don't know if I would have felt totally comfortable. I mean, like, Kenley Jansen's been, you know, solid the last couple of years, but he hasn't been what he was. Yeah. So, it's not like we're going to go get a, yeah. So, I you know, to me, it was like, you know, the Red Sox obviously, you know, felt, I guess, semi-confident in what they had. But, mm-hmm. you know, like you said, like, there are plenty of great teams that don't have a good bullpen.
1: Can we talk about how Matt Barnes got a save this weekend?
0: Uh, listen, I almost <laughs> just put shit in my pants when Cora put him in when they were up a run. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay. Um, and let's be clear.
1: Where was oh, I was, um, I was like on my way the to the C's. Out, Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, the final out was just a rope to dead center field and great catch by Pique to get after. But I mean, that was like you put that in either direction, left or right, and that's probably a home run or off the monster. Yeah. Like, I was like, okay, like, he got the save, but I don't know,
1: like... doesn't make I'm you feel not, any more confident.
0: No, it, it did not, and again, you know, the Mariners have a lineup that I feel like should be better than their record is right now, but they're a bottom of the division team in the West right now. They're chilling mm-hmm. out with the athletics, so it's like,
1: okay. That's crazy. I mean, that'll happen when you come in into the buzz all that is the Boston Red Sox, you know?
0: Can't That's <laughs> the trade, but we're not going to say it. Uh, one more thing on this upcoming stretch of games. Um, obviously, um, Red Sox stats has been, you know, giving us this stretch of, I think it's 38 games. I tried to count it, but he's saying that they need to get, you know, 26 wins in this stretch that he's determined, which started with the Rangers series. Yeah. So, so far, the Red Sox have gotten eight wins in that stretch.
1: Well so, on their way.
0: So, that makes it, what, math? Eight wins, 18 more wins, they need.
1: There you go. That was great. There were,
0: that was it, was. it was quick maths. But, you know, for everyone that, you know, isn't familiar with the upcoming schedule, we talked about, you know, five games at Baltimore, two at Cincy, two, three against Oakland, and then you have four against the Angels, which... Didn't think that was going to be a scary series at the beginning of the year, but that's right. a scary series now. Um, but then you get three more in Seattle. Again, the key thing with this, these are all West Coast games. So not only do the Red Sox struggle, but we're in a situation where the Red Sox really need to to win those series. They don't need to sweep them. They need to win those series. It goes, yeah. So it goes three Oakland, four Anaheim, or four LA, uh, three Seattle, three Oakland, and then it goes St. Louis, Detroit, Cleveland. So, St. Louis has been solid this year. Their team, yep. whose underlying numbers indicate that they're better than their record in their 24-18. and, they're 24 and 18. Um, Detroit has struggled this year, and Cleveland has really struggled since their offense, like, lit the world on fire for, like, two weeks.
1: For a week, yeah.
0: Yeah, that was, like, a fun... I mean, Jose Ramirez with 40 RBI, so... Stud. Interesting to see what happens, yeah. Um, he's the only one worth watching on that team besides Shane Bieber.
1: Hey, Stephen Kwan, bro.
0: Oh, that's true. I do. I do love Stephen Kwan. I can't believe I've I haven't heard
1: him. anything about him in a while. I feel like his stats have probably taken a dive.
0: Yeah, I wish like but I that mean, the way he started. It, yeah, was ex- I mean, if he had kept it up, you know, it would have been fucking absurd. Right so But still, it's still a fun story. And in a, in a market like Cleveland, where they're another franchise where like, their ownership goes back and forth between feeling like they want to compete for a winner and feeling like they're gonna just completely give up and shell what's left of their empty, dead franchise. Um, <laughs> But yeah, um, you know, looking at this stretch of games, I mean, Red Sox stats is, is right. And we, you know, we can agree on that, that this is, you know, not only is this supposed to right the ship, but when you go into this, you know, what you're going to get is close to the halfway mark of the season where you're going to be facing a large chunk of division opponents. You need to be in a good place so that it doesn't feel like you have to go to Yankee Stadium and, and you know, you have to win three or four. Yeah. Because that's... It's not a place you want to live,
1: yeah. I mean, you want to be much closer to the Yankees by that yes. time than we are right now because yep. you know we're going to be playing the Rays and the Yankees and the Blue Jays for a good stretch there. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and we just got to win series the rest of the way, you know. We got to win, yeah. you know, just take one series at a time and win the series. Um, yeah, so that's that's got to yeah. be the mindset, yeah.
0: So, and, and, and that's like Again, uh, the thing I loved, I loved, I loved, I loved was the press conference after Franchi's walk-off Grand Slam. And, you know, managers that haven't been there before would have gone out there and been like, we're setting the fucking world on fire. The Red Sox are here. They're coming for you. But, like, Alex is like, we're 19 and 22. We're not where we expected to be right now. Yeah. This series felt like we were coming, you know, part of, like, we were figuring out who we were. But we're not there yet. And yeah. I and I love that because that's the thing is like, if you go and you drop all three games to Chicago, then who the fuck cares that you swept the series before? You're back to yep. exactly the same point you were before that. So it's like you got to go, you got to keep it going. The on the road. You got to go get a win against a team that's in front of you in that wild card chase. If you go and you win this series, you're getting ground on those teams, and that's what you yep.
1: need. I mean, the the one area where this team could definitely have an advantage going over the next you know 30 games or whatever is starting pitching just because they're healthy. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, you're seeing some major injuries come down the pipe, you know. Yeah, exactly. With Max Scherzer, Clayton Kershaw went down. You had um, Paddock for the Twins down for the season. Uh, You know, guys are dropping like flies at this point. And, you know, fingers crossed that that doesn't happen to us. But currently, we've got five healthy starters, arguably six. and you know, Paxton and Sale hopefully coming back and no more setbacks for them, um, yeah. so.
0: No, I mean, that's, like, the nice thing for Boston is, like, you know, you're sitting there, if you're the Mets, and, you know, the Mets have been great. I mean, I watched them beat the piss out of the fucking Giants last night. But, yeah, you gotta think. I mean, DeGrom hasn't really played since May of last year. Mm-hmm. And if you come back, you hope he Was what he was before he got hurt because it was fucking incredible. But obviously, what he was doing then when he was throwing everything, you know, 101 miles an hour wasn't sustainable. So you're sitting there going, okay, you know, what are you going to get for the Boston Red Sox? You know, like you said, you have stuff right now. You're hopefully getting sale back, hopefully going to get Paxton. But you also have a ton of guys in the farm, guys that you're hopefully maybe going to see a couple of those guys this year. Um, You have them if you need them. And it's kind of nice because you don't necessarily feel like you need to, you know, we don't need a Josh Winkowski up there now. We don't need a Brian Bellow up there now, but you know, if we hit August and we see some guys that, you know, start to go down or are, you know, need, you know, to just hop on, you know, get some rest. And we need a guy to come in we mm-hmm. have those guys. And I mean, that's how you win in 162 game season Sometimes is you, it's just, it's a, it's a war of attrition. Who's going to be the last man? Standing? Um, You know, the Mets have been great right now. The Yankees have been great right now, but you know, are the, is that sustainable do you feel comfortable that you're gonna you know and who cares if you win your division who cares if your first seed if you get to the postseason and you don't have the guys that you need to be there you know the mets are not going to be as scary even if they are a top seed if you don't have max Scherzer and jake the it's just you know exactly so but yeah i mean listen um get through the chicago series i'm gonna feel pretty good i'm gonna feel pretty confident
1: Absolutely. We
0: don't get through it. Start to see some of the same things, the struggles. I'm not gonna feel bad. I'm not gonna sit there and immediately switch gears from you know let's go. To, but you're you're like you know you have to show me some more because that yeah, yeah, you're at that point. I at least the
1: Orioles and the Reds, so that'll be. Um, I think I might That's just the white thing. flag if that happens.
0: I mean, again, you look at every single team, every year, and you have to like you know obviously. You want to have a winning record against the tough teams. But you can be a 500 team against the top teams if you go win the games you're supposed to beat. You go beat the Orioles. You go beat the Reds. You know, yep. the years, 2019, after the Red Sox won the World Series, they had dominated the Orioles that year. Come 2019, they were barely 500 against the Orioles. You yep. have to go win those games. And they weren't doing that early in the year. You know, that first series against Baltimore, you should have gone, fuck. You know, this is this is where you go show me something and they didn't. So it's like, okay, you have seven tries against two of the worst teams in baseball. Like yep. just just you gotta go you gotta go do what you gotta do and then, you know, the West Coast trip will forget the shit out of me, but we'll talk about that when we get to the West Coast trip.
1: We'll get there. Yeah.
0: So but all right. Moving on to towards the end of our podcast here. Prospect news. We talked about it a little bit. But Marcella Meyer, or yeah, Marcella Meyer, I said it right, nailed it. Yep. Um, back it. in Boston, testing. Severity is still unclear on his wrist injury. Red Sox, obviously, putting it safe. Um, he's been great so far. Everyone's really liked what they've seen from him. You know, Meyer's not a guy that you're going to see until 2024,
1: 2025. So, yeah, it's not an until... immediate
0: concern. Yeah, absolutely.
1: As long as he's not Bello,
0: yeah, exactly. As long as he's not dead. Which again I I think having a guy like Hein Bloom in there, who came from Tampa, like you said, and you know, an organization that really, you know, lives, breathes, developing guys in their own system, he's gonna know how to kinda handle that. Um and he, and he's young, so you're gonna be cautious with it because you obviously don't wanna stunt, you know, a ni- a nineteen year old's development. Yeah. So, um but there's plenty of other guys, you know. We talked about Brian Bello, um, Man, some of those other lefties in that in that Sea Dogs team right now, Jay Groom, Chris Murphy, like maybe some guys. Chris Murphy, my guy. Yeah, and he's been he's been great. Um, What was it? Let me pull up because they again uh, they moved Murphy up uh, when they called Bell up to AAA. He had to go in a day early, and he still went and threw five scoreless frames. There we go. And it's interesting because I think. I could be wrong, but I think Chris Murphy was like a sixth round pick, wasn't
1: he? Yeah, he's kind of a Mr. Irrelevant.
0: Yeah. So like that was kind of the thing was like what everyone's talked about with obviously again the Red Sox. Um, yeah, sixth round pick, University of San Diego. Um, a guy that kind of came out of nowhere, and that's that's also the sign of a good develop. Like when you can find those guys, the guys where yeah. you can identify something and maybe come back out with it. Um, He's been great. Let me pull up. I got his stats right here. Yeah, he's got he's got a one nine one ERA through nine games this year, eight starts, forty two and a third. So you're you're That's at the excellent. point where it's like okay. And and considering last year between Greenville and Portland, he had a four six two ERA. So it was like getting kind of the you know situated in there. But now he's you know comfortable in double A. He had a good fit, man. Fit gods. Yeah. Oh, we love it. Yeah. What's his Do they have fifth in Double A? No, I don't see it. It's
1: probably on (laughs) Fangraphs.
0: It probably is, but it's not. not, not (laughs) Yeah, it's whatever. But yeah, um, I don't know. Like, it's just like, I mean, obviously, I feel like as I've started to pay more attention to baseball and be more locked in, you obviously pay more attention to the prospects. I can't say that when I was, you know, twelve years old, I was really locked in on who the Red Sox were developing. Mm Um, but there's a lot of guys in this system that I like and that you're expected to see. Um, And that's, I mean, that's the formula right now. That's how you go and you build winners is the Red Sox. I mean, the Red Sox could be in a good situation if you, in theory, bring back Devers and bring back Bogarts. And all of a sudden you have to figure out where you put, you know, a Marcelo Meyer when he comes up. Yep. These good problems to have too many guys. I mean, look at the fucking Dodgers. You know, it feels like Gavin Lux would be a regular on most teams and he like is it some of the time. That's the model. Much fucking talent. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so I love it. I love it. Give me more of it. And, you know, hopefully we're going to see some more of these guys this year. Um, Luckily it's, you know, a situation where it's not like, you know, the pirates who, like you said, you know, Cal Mitchell coming up today. Let's go. Huge news. Yeah, it, you know, you're know you not bringing up guys just because you have to. You're going to bring up guys when they're ready and you feel like they can contribute to a team, which is even better because I feel like, especially in a market like Boston, if you come in and struggle right away, people are just out on you.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, you get a very, very small rope to prove yourself in Boston.
0: Yeah, people are out. So it's a good so. thing Trevor
1: Story turned it around like he did.
0: Absolutely. So, well, all right, Spencer. Um, Listen, that's all I have. I don't. Know, do you? Do you, any other final thoughts today before you, uh, you know, go back into recovery?
1: Um, just uh, we've you know been away for a couple weeks. Um, Multiverse of Madness was fine, I would say. It was fine. Um, yeah, I agree. <clears throat> the Northman was was good. I don't know if you saw that so yet. And yet, uh, the Bad Guys it. was a pretty fun animated movie. So. Um, okay. Our off day was yesterday, so you should have already seen it. These things yesterday, but uh, you know you got a weekend coming up. So,
0: absolutely. Yeah. So, hey, Top Gun coming out. Got I already got my ticket Huge. going on Sunday.
1: Let's there go. You go.
0: Locked in. So uh, I I'll go
1: when I'm Sunday. allowed to leave quarantine.
0: That's it. So I'll uh, I won't I won't spoil anything. Um, I'm actually just not. There I feel to
1: like Sunday I could probably go. We'll see. Yeah, okay,
0: we gotta. Yeah, we'll see what the test says. Yep. So I don't know. I don't know what that. Listen, I had I had COVID back when you were like shut in for fourteen days, so I don't know yeah, you ex- even know what the rules are anymore.
1: It's like five days now. Yeah, so, there you go. All
0: right, yeah. cool. We can we can have you off the five day IL pretty soon. So yep, day to day right now. If I don't die, yeah. If you don't die. <laughs> if you do die, then this has been really fun doing twenty nine podcast episodes with you. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, I won't replace you. All right, we're gonna do like <laughs> we're, I'm gonna have like an empty box next to me. And it's just gonna have your name. All right. And it's just Perfect. gonna be me talking at, you know, Spencer Wellington. So Awesome. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, for those who are tuning in, thank you so much for tuning in to Lynn repeat. Um, as always, Sam Anthony, Spencer Wellington with you. You can follow us on Twitter, uh, where we recently went viral for literally just tweeting out a video of French Cordero. Thank you to the twelve. Yeah, thanks for all the likes. But yeah, absolutely. Uh, shout out to Socks Addict who uh, retweeted us and seems to have gotten that gotten that party going. Um, but yeah, follow us. Be, be one of our. We have we have 79 followers right now. Listen, try it first to 100, then a 1, thousand, then the world. It's gotta start suffering. <laughs> exactly. All right. We'll see y'all next week.